Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in the safe house with my co-host on the phone, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, Renee. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you, Manny? I'm do- oh, hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I hear you good, man. Oh, uh, I have my mask on. Oh, so okay. <laughs> I don't know why I still have it on, but I yeah. have my mask on. Okay. That might be bad for the audio. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me even better now? I can. I can. Yeah, it sounds less muffled. Okay, good. It sounded like you were being uh, uh, dry waterboarded there, you know? <laughs> well, in some, in some sense, yes, with this whole quarantine stuff for all of us. Right. But what's happening now, and I'm sure you're part of it, is, you know, my wife and your wife are, and all their friends are doing their Saturday happy hour Zoom meeting or uh-huh. whatever. Zoom yes, yes, they're cocktail doing... hour. Right. And I, you know, they started a lot earlier than we do. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just sounds like a bunch of yammering bitches. <laughs> okay. You know. Well. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Ladies, uh, you know, they, they get to entertain themselves however they want, I, I suppose. You know, it's, uh, I, thought, right. I thought maybe they were starting their own podcast over there. No, I don't think, uh, well, who knows? I don't know, but it just, it's just like, it's like uh, The View times five. Okay. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, I don't know who's Barbara Walters or who's Whoopi Goldberg, but I have a feeling that I, you know, I can guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually being carried out of the room and and uh, and to a to a, a farther recess of the safe house uh, as we speak. Yes. Uh, oh. Yeah. They're uh, they're they're um, migrating migrating to a different part of the safe house. So uh, so I guess we don't get any any cross current any bleed over. Um, well, yeah. There's a bunch of them. There's like twelve of them or something, all on one one little. What a, I don't know what, how it's done. This is, I I don't get it. But anyway, they're all together, and they're all. It's the funny thing about that stuff is mm-hmm. because I've done that through my work and stuff, and okay. my wife does it through her work, and it's you got like twelve people, and you can see everyone, but really everyone, you all still have to talk once at a time, right? You know, one person at a time, because you get. That's why I said they were just all yammering because they're all trying to talk at the same time. But who's being listened to and who's being heard and stuff is, is, you know, uh, I have no idea. Yes. Yeah. It takes a little bit of practice to, uh, to say your thing and then let somebody else talk. Right. So what's going on with you? Oh, um, you know, this and that, you know, taking care of the, in the, in the new paradigm, you know, we have, it seems like I, I, I don't have a lot of free time, surprisingly enough. You know, you'd think that, that it'd be a lot of sitting around. It's not a lot of sitting around for me. Um, well, you know, we, first of all, we, we generated that tremendous amount of content in our, our, last, uh, our last episode, episode 100. We had, right. we had the, like, 15 guests on over the course of a couple of, of evenings. Well, I know. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. We had, so we, we generated, like like, uh, four and a half hours of content. <laughs> so, oh, wow. and, uh, and it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, since we were calling all these people on the phone, you had to, uh, you know, kind of edit in between, you know, the, the crosstalk to, to make it, you know, again, seem less, 
you know, we get rid of the dead air and stuff. But uh, but yeah, we uh, had some great guests there, and and you know when we we the way we went about that was was to just pick the people who immediately responded to our initial invitation, and then sprinkled in a few more people, and we thought, well, we're we're going to need a bunch of people because some people may. Uh, demure, they may say, "Oh no, I'm. Uh, I don't think this is the right time to do it." Turns out, almost every single person that we asked immediately said yes. Well, yeah, I think yeah, I think because they have nothing else to do, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah. entertainment. It was something to keep them busy, right? You know, and uh, I, you know, I, I the last couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, I was sitting here um, quarantining like everyone else, and um, I, 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 I kind of got into a character. I kind of just said, well, you know, this is like, all, this is almost like being a hostage. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I've been wearing the same clothes throughout this last two and a half weeks, the same pair of pants, the okay. same shirt, the like, same shoes. Like if you're a hostage, they don't let you change clothes. They kind of keep right, you, yeah, well, keep you chained up somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. They're just going to hold you in a corner, and there's someone watching you constantly that you don't make a a, a sudden move, right? You know. So I, I've been wearing the same clothes through this. It's like day seventeen now. <laughs> okay. And, but you know, I mean, uh, I the same shoes, the same pants, uh, everything. Because mm. I've been getting into character about this. You know, might as well have a little fun with it. Sure. Uh, my wife and daughter, um, you know, uh, are a little freaked out by it because they're, they're saying I'm, 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 uh, starting to reek a little bit, you know, because, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. you know, uh, cause of that. But unlike a, a, a real hostage, um, you know, I'm home and mm-hmm. I have the luxuries of, uh, TV and, and stuff like that. So I'm, uh, I'm getting fatter. I'm getting really fat. Really? Uh, yeah. You've never um, been a you've never I, been a heavy guy. You've always no. Kept well, kind I'm a very small trim. guy. So, but I, I'm getting this big gut because I'm <laughs> really? sitting here just eating just tons of food, and basically I've just been eating and sleeping and drinking and mm. fucking and okay. sucking and okay. and, and uh, <laughs> you know um, so. Uh, that's basically unlike a hostage, you know, cause you wouldn't have a hostage, you know, be like that. And, right. Uh, now are um, your, are your, are, are your wife and child getting into character as well? Like getting a little abusive with you or, or hitting you with a stick any, at any point? <laughs> um, well, that's, that's, that's just their character. They, that's, that's the way the they've normal. always been that's with That's the their, usual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like that old San Francisco bootleg tape, you know, shut up little man. Oh, right. Shut up little man. Right. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 In fact, uh, that's, that's been, uh, referenced, uh, by some of our listeners, uh, in the past that, that, that. Oh, very okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's still crazy going on. I mean, I don't think the, uh, 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 quarantine is going to go away anytime soon. Doesn't seem still like people it. are. Di- yeah, people are dying still. And it, what makes it worse is that uh, uh, the river is rising mm-hmm. as we as, as we're dealing with all this. The the river is rising, and and they're letting criminals out of jail. 
Yes. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, they let this one guy out of jail, and uh, one day later he got murdered on the street because it was a payback kind of assassination kind of thing. You know, man, I have that very article right in front of me. You're reading my oh, mind. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. Can we touch well, on that? that? Well, it happened just a few blocks away from me. Right in your neighborhood, I know. I was yes. Gonna, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It happened on the, other, on the other side of Broad, but it did happen, you know, in, in my zip code. Yeah, it, right. uh, it's crazy going nuts, man. Well, you know, you there, know? there were so many things. I, I, I started to underline some, some you know, points in, in this thing, and I, the whole article is almost underlined. So start, <laughs> s- starting from the top, it's saying yes. A man was gunned down on gunned down on Dumaine Street in the Sixth Ward on Sunday, last Sunday. Yes. Um, yes. He was a 33-year-old victim. Uh, he was shot multiple times just before 3 p.m. So right in the middle of the day. Um, and, yes. And and just off of uh, you know North Broad and and uh, Dumaine, and he was pronounced dead. You know, it's it's but he said. Uh, the, the police said they didn't have any information or potential suspects, uh, but right. said that block is known as D block, um, that 2600 yes. block of Dumaine. It said it, it's, it's been uh, targeted in two separate gang indictments. There have been eight homicides in that immediate area since Hurricane Katrina. So that's really jumping over there. Um, so now. Well, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say so th- this, this guy was. Uh, He's he's formally indicted and in, in, well he was indicted in 2018 and he was accused of of helping the D Block gang sell heroin, cocaine, and marijuana. So it's very good that not the, to me, not to you, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 it's it's good of the newspaper to point out you know that the D Block is hop, hopping. You know if anybody's looking for those things, that's a, that's a good place to go. Just based on this this newspaper article, um, or at least a place to go. I don't know how good it is, but. So they say, uh, at the time of his indictment, he was he was uh, found with an assault rifle and drugs and cash, and uh, and they also had 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 uh, spotted him doing hand to hand drug tra- transactions, and he spent nearly two years in jail. Now again, that's uh, you know I have to indict the uh, the DA's office. You know, you're keeping somebody in jail for for two years um, and yeah. without bringing them to trial. But then he was recently because of, of all this, uh, the, the COVID, uh, plague, um, he was released by a judge on his own recognizance, uh, you know, so he could, uh, you know, depopulate the jails. Um, so right. uh, then, then, uh, apparently his distraught relatives gathered across the street and, and, not surprisingly, they declined to uh, to speak with the with the reporter, but they had no idea. They said, uh, "You know, we're we're shocked, shocked that this happened. Uh, you know, can't believe, can't imagine why this happened." I was like, "Well, I can kind of imagine why." Yeah, I I told I, I well, the thing is, is I wonder if he was in in his cell, you know, in at OPP, and they say, "Okay, you can go." I wonder if he was like. Uh, I don't want to go. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to go. I'll stay here. I'm cool. I'm cool. Because maybe he knew what was going to happen. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, he was released on uh, released on Thursday and and killed on Sunday. So it was just, just right. a couple of days, man. Well, he had a couple of days to party, I guess. Right, you know? right. Well, so you know, you know, me reading this article, I thought, well, maybe New Orleans is returning to normalcy because this. this <laughs> 
this sounds <laughs> this sounds like you know pretty much uh, you know a daily kind of kind of deal you know uh, before the, all this this uh, social distancing and and uh, now it's good that that whoever you know hopefully the the guy using a gun he was able to be social distancing because I did see in another part of the crime blotter how uh, how um, there was a stabbing. And uh, I thought, uh-huh. well, you're too close. You know, if you're if you're close enough to stab somebody, <laughs> it's probably not a safe yeah. distance. You know, you're not you're not really keeping that six foot distance. Well, yeah. So now that they're releasing, you know, uh, criminals onto the back out to the streets. I mean, it's not only here in our city, but in different parishes, I'm sure all over the state, they're doing this for the public health safety. Uh, um, I've, um, me and my wife actually have been, uh, cause we're so bored. Uh, we're actually, uh, taking bets on the over under on casualties. Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah. So, so people we're, we're bet on anything. Bets. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Now I wonder, I know that, that Las Vegas has been getting very, uh, very creative with the, the kind of lines that they're allowing people to bet on. Uh, th- Someone must, you must be able to go online and actually place a bet on, on that. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, they'll take a bet on anything right now, you know. Um, so we've been doing that, and that's been kind of fun. I'm kind of down about $500 right now. <laughs> wow. But, um, um, but high stakes you know, wagering over there. <laughs> yeah, well, we're bored, you know. Sure. But anyway, um, so that's going on, and, um, uh, other than that, I, I realized something. Uh, is our guest on the line, or we have to call? No, him? no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna ring him up. Okay. Um, before we get to him, I had mm-hmm. a couple of things I wanted to go over. Um, it's still dealing with this uh, Corona stuff. It's, right. You know, I'm sitting at home and I, I'm uh, watching the television and. And I realized this uh, about two weeks ago, and I, I didn't bring it up to, I don't think I brought it up during the anniversary show, but it's amazing how, how fast these, um, these sponsors and these product people, these, these uh, industries get these ads out mm-hmm. about, about uh, we're all here together. Right. We're here for you. It's just like, Amazing the, the turnaround. They must just, just it must happen like at eight in the morning, and by five o'clock they've had it filmed, casted, filmed, and in the can and produced. You know, it, 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 cranking it's cranking them amazing. out. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and I feel like, oh, wait a minute, where are these actors from? I mean, aren't they at risk of being together because they're acting like a, a family with a little baby, and right. and they're and we're all in this together, and it's going to be all right because it's America, and and we're strong and all that. Mm. I mean, I, I get it. If you're a young, you know, person who wants to break into the business, you want any kind of gig you want. <laughs> you'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, you'll take anything. But I, I would think I'm a little worried because you know, these commercials are big budget, so you got to know there's there's a lot least, of crew. You know, yeah, a lot of 40 to 50 people on the crew, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So to me, that's, uh, that's uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're a desperate actor, you need a gig. I get it. But, uh, you know, if not, you know, stay at home, you know. Uh, so a little bit of quarant- quarantine shaming from Manny Chevrolet? You're, you're yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> and the other thing I noticed, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, this is all on me, is... Uh, 
you know, I like to uh, watch the Jeopardy and the Wheel. Yes, the Jeopardy uh, and the Wheel. That's, it's a, it's yeah, a classic a combo, to, right? Yeah, and that's uh, my, my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that the last two weeks, you know, I've been home and been watching it, and, I, and I'm getting all the questions and I'm getting all the puzzles, and I'm going, man, you know, this quarantine is helping my brain. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. And then I realized, like, just a couple days ago, that they're all reruns right now. <laughs> You've seen them all already. <laughs> <laughs> so deep down in, in my memory, I, I've seen these shows, and I know the answers and okay. all that. So, so I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I thought I was smart, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your memory is solid. That's good to know, you know, that's it's all in right. there. Right. Yeah. You know, so that, that's, that's that kind of... Uh, bugged me a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I could see it's a little bit. You know, I was going to ask you how uh, old Alex Trebek is. Or Alec Trebek, is that his name? It's not Alex, right? It's Alec. Anyway. Alec. Alec, yeah. Alec Trebek. Alec Trebek. Because um, he he's, he's dealing with some, some, uh, some health issues. So I was, uh, but I guess, you know, he's, he's taking it easy. Uh, during, well, you know, he, he has one of the worst cancers to ever have, and that's prostate cancer. Oh, really? Okay. And... He was diagnosed over a year ago with it, and all you know, he seems to be doing okay. Still hanging they, tough. yeah, I, I, I found out that uh, they stopped taping the show on March twentieth. Hmm. Okay. So uh, that's only because of the whole Corona thing, right? But he had been and, going strong up till then. Yeah, and um, I mean, you could tell he's wearing a wig. He's okay. got a lot of he's got a lot of makeup on, okay. and um, I think the last week that they shot it was shot with no audience. Oh, okay, all right. They, they just were... pump they pumped in the the canned laughter mm-hmm. and applause and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been a fan of that guy for a long time. He used to host uh, another game show called uh, High Rollers. And uh, involved like some dice or something, and and maybe some questions. But he had a sidekick named Ruta Lee, and uh, oh yes, yes, remember yes, that? I remember that. So one yes, time I when I was a kid, I was playing a gig, and I got a call at the club that they needed a a bass player to come sub on a, a show uh, after that gig, and wow. and the show was. The Ruta Lee show. It was like at the Blue Room or something like that. Some one of these like supper clubs in New Orleans, and I had to go in and met with Ruta Lee and the other guys in the band. And I sight read the book, but uh, actually played a gig with Ruta Lee. So it's uh, you know it's high, one of one of the highlights, one of the weird highlights <laughs> of my career. Where you know. <laughs> uh, you know Ruta Lee. It's, uh, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, I remember that kind of. That was back in the '90s or early '80s. What was yeah, that? Yeah, that was like the the late '70s into early '80s. Yeah, this was right. This probably happened when I was. I, I might have still been in high school or something. You know, it might have been like 1980 or 81 that that happened. Oh, but uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, okay. I think Ruta Lee might no longer be with us. Perhaps I don't know. I think I think she might have. Uh, she's she didn't didn't have the the longevity that Alec Trebek did. But I always liked Alec Trebek. You know, he seems like a smart guy and he's uh, has a sense of dignity about him. That's I like that. 
Well, he also has a really good sense of humor. That's why the yes. wife and I really like to watch it. He's Canadian, and mm-hmm. Canadians are very funny people. Uh, he's got a good sense of humor. It's kind of dry um, sense of humor, right? Right, and uh, it works you know, with his contestants, be it the uh, Tournament of Champions or the College All-Stars or even the high school champions. Mm-hmm. It works with all those ages. It spans. Um, but let, one more thing, I, we got to call our guest. Yeah, here, yeah, right? yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's, that was on my mind is that, uh, you know, with all this stuff going on and, and, and we have now, uh, tomorrow is Easter. Yes. And, uh, Sunday. yeah, Easter Sunday. And, um, there's been like, uh, panic and, and, and for the last week or so, a lot of these, uh, church leaders saying, well, this is, you know, we're going to go by God. They're, they're not social distancing. They're having their masses and all right. that kind of stuff. And, uh, they're getting, you know, a lot of, in some states, these people are getting fined for doing this okay. and stuff like that. And so tomorrow is a big thing where who's going to obey the law or, or the governor's orders all over the country and who's not, uh-huh. you know, uh, who's not going to obey this because, uh, you know, we're people of God and, and we'll be okay. Cause blah, you know, they all have their reasons. You right. Know? It's kind of, it's a little bit uh, like the, the, the logic of snake handlers, you know, like it's okay to do this really dangerous thing because God is protecting us. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, okay, all these churches are closed. Um, uh, and I was saying to myself, well, this means this is what, this is good news for altar boys basically. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Because they don't have to deal with these priests or anything like that. Right. So I think it's a good thing. And there's, you know, there's thousands and thousands of altar boys all over the country, you know, just wiping their brow going, thank you. Thank you. Breathing a sigh you. of relief. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hear you, man. I hear you. Oh, shit's tough, man. Oh, wow. Uh, well, uh, so so should we uh, get our guest on the line here? Yeah, it's it's getting it's seven thirty, so we should probably call him. Yes, He's... yes, yes. Okay, well, uh, let me let me uh, ring him up, and uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Alfred Uganda Roberts. He's a terrific uh, uh, percussionist, conga player. Um, uh, I'll tell you about it, his whole career, but he's he's on the the. Uh, the um, what do they call it that uh, with all the presidents, the Mount Rushmore? He's on the Mount Rushmore uh, of New Orleans musicians. Um, all right, uh, yes, he's played with uh, Professor Longhair, James Booker, uh, the Wild Magnolias. But anyway, so um, when we come right back, we'll have uh, Alfred Uganda Roberts on the phone. So hang tight, and we're back. We're back with Mr. Alfred Uganda Roberts, and we have Manny Chevrolet on the other line. So Uganda, uh, a little bit before we called you, I was explaining uh, that uh, you're a conga player on the Mount Rushmore of New Orleans musicians. You you uh, you've played with on classic recordings with uh, Professor Longhair, with the Wild Magnolias. Uh, you're from New Orleans, grew up in the Treme neighborhood, and uh, we're so thrilled to have you on on the podcast, Alfred. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Man, so so uh, say hello to my my partner, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. He's on the line with us. Hey, Mr. Manny Chevrolet, how you doing, man? Good. A pleasure to have you. Um, uh, I, I we've been looking forward to doing this. Uh, I, I I'm a big fan of every anyone named Uganda. 
anyone anyone named after a country is all right by me. Yeah, you're right. But quite kept I don't know much about the country, but I did experience a group from Uganda performing at a local university called Southern University over there on Lakefront. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that was in the past. And uh, one of the musicians was playing uh, the three talking drums. And uh, we already had our drum circle, but the cast in the neighborhood. When you saw this cat playing, you know, they left from the concert. And see, that cat sound like you got it on the Congo, you know, the way you was playing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, beautiful. you know, New, New Orleans is full of uh, cats with nicknames, you know, and one of the cats by the name of Baba Tunji decided that whenever you see me, he said, oh, that rhythm that the guy was playing, that sounded like Uganda on the Congo, so that's how I developed the name Uganda. No kidding. I was going to ask you that. Because... Yeah, because I play, I, I play three Congos now, and this guy was playing three talking drums. Okay. So, so Uganda, um, uh, how how did you start off playing music? Uh, did did you have uh, musicians in your family or uh, or in your neighborhood, or how how did that all start off? Well, my father was an innovator. He he showed me how you could play two tablespoon tablespoon spoons that are backwards, and he would play rhythms on his hands. Okay. But eventually, I started playing uh, the bongo drums with a woman in the French Quarter by the name of Chris Owens. Chris Owens. Now, now when was that that you started playing with Chris Owens? Uh, I don't remember the year, but... Uh, like in the 1960s? Uh, yeah, back in the 50s. I was, 50s? Uh, oh, wow. I was known as uh, Jamaica Joe. Jamaica and Joe. She, that was your first uh, stage name. That was my first parent gig. Huh. And she had me with the big straw hat and the Calypso shirt on. And we would do a show behind the Irish Club over there on St. Louis. Right. And she was a young woman at that point because Chris Owens is still going, right? She still has the show yes, going. She, she's still going. And I'm, I'm trying to make it to a mid 77 uh, a couple of days ago. Yes. Happy birthday. I know that. Your, your birthday was two days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy. Happy thank birthday. You. Well, yeah, you know, tomorrow you. tomorrow being Easter, uh, uh, Chris Owens would, would have his parade, but he's uh, not going to have it now. Oh, yeah, because of the virus. Right. Yeah, because of the whole virus. Yeah, the French yeah. Court is totally empty now, man. I, I, I had to drive down there the other day, and, and, man, you only see one or two people walking their dogs on the street. Yeah, we got some strange times now, you know. Very strange. So Uganda, you know, I, I always have to point out to people, uh, you know, that you don't play what I would call like the Afro-Cuban style. In other words, it's not like such a Latin-influenced style. It's, it's more like uh, Afro-Calypso, you, you call it? Or? Yeah, yeah, more like a Caribbean mm -hmm. Afro kind of style. And I blended into my own style of playing. That was, uh, I, 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 I was a self-taught musician. And... Uh, I call it the New Orleans Caribbean sound. Right, and it's it 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 really. You've played on so many landmark recordings. You know, you like the the first two Wild Magnolia records, which had you know all these standards: Honda Wanda and Two Way Pocky Way. 
uh, you know, that's that's you playing on those those records. So right, 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 with my own original style. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's 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 not like a lot of times when you hear guys that are that are very um, uh, much students of the the Latin style, and they try to play in like a pop or a funk uh, context, it's too many notes it sounds like too many subdivisions it it makes yeah. it it makes it can make it kind of stiff whereas right. you leave so much space and it uh-huh. it makes the whole thing swing and you get a big fat sound on the drums and it, it just it allows the music to breathe so much yeah well i appreciate the compliment man and you know there's there's there have been a couple of guys that i i guess must have been influenced greatly by you well of course everybody that listens to those classic new orleans records you know those professor longhair records or or like uh-huh. like you play you're the 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 percussionist on hey pocky way by the meters right yeah so, right yeah this these things that are like uh you know it's like the bible to to new orleans music fans that's 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 uganda roberts playing on those things right so, so, you know, a, a guy that I, that I, I really loved his playing, but it reminded me of you is, is like Michael Ward. You must've known Michael, huh? Oh yeah. Michael Ward. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he's one of my protégés. Yes. And, and he's from uptown, he's from the uptown area. Right. Yeah. He lived pretty close to me, just a few blocks away from, from me in Carrollton. I think he had a group called Michael Ward and Reward. Yes, Michael Ward and Reward. And a lot of people that we know, man, he went through that that band. Like uh, at one time, um, Jonathan Freilich played in that band. Uh, played uh-huh. okay. And uh, Alex McMurray also played with Michael and, and, and Reward. Yeah, so, you, so Uganda, uh, you're, you're born and raised here. So when you're in school, like grammar school, middle school, high school, there isn't much uh, uh, need for a conga player in like the band, the high school band or anything, or is there? No, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, I went to school and uh, I wanted to learn how to play the drums, but uh, the instructor said, what we need is a trombone player. And I think you, the way your mouth is made, take his mouthpiece and practice on this and come back, and we put you in the band. But I lost interest then, because I didn't want to play trombone. I wanted to be a drummer. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. so you kind of taught yourself to play? Now, I, I heard somewhere you were saying that you didn't have a record player in your house, so you would go down to the bar room and play the jukebox and play along. Oh, yeah, you heard about that? I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the jukebox and sit right next to the jukebox, and uh, a few people in the club would come and give me four quarters and say, here, play your favorite song. And a lot of my favorite songs were by Jackie Wilson, mm-hmm. Sam Cooke, and people like that. Right. And so you would play, you'd bring your bongos down there and play along to the to, to those records. Yeah, I would play the bongo drums. Nice. But later on, later on, I found out to play with the jazz groups I had to change from bongos to congas. Okay. And uh, I would go on, like, on uh, streets like Arlene Avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would do more sitting in than playing for money. And uh, uh, there was a club in particular called Hollins. 
where we always meet up, cats like George Davis, Smokey Johnson, James Black, and a whole lot of professional musicians. And I was living in the neighborhood, and I walk in the club after getting off from work by Chris Owens, and the cats were out of Smokey in particular said, hey, man, you got your stuff? Like I was on the gig, you know? Mm-hmm. I said, no, I got the drumming and the car because I was a bus driver also. He said, man, go get your stuff. We're getting ready to stuff. And uh, uh, I go in the trunk and get a conga drum. But I couldn't play the bongos with the jazz group. I had to play the congas. Okay. So what's the, what's the difference between a bongo and a conga? Well, uh, the bongos is the basic. The bongos is like the piano. And the congas is like the bass player. Oh, okay. okay. The bass well, that... player keeps the beat, and the bongos do all the little rips. Okay, play, ah. play. All right, nice. And those two, those two instruments are strictly from Havana, Cuba. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a brilliant answer, really. I, that's a brilliant answer. Thank you, Uganda. That's a great answer. Uh-huh. I would have never, never thunk that at all. I, yeah. I'm not a musician or anything like that. But uh, thank you. That's a great answer. Yeah, the predominantly Havana Cuba instruments. Mm-hmm. And the new drums you see that came in town, that's called Jimbez. Right. They're uh-huh. predominantly, they predominantly African. Right, right, right. Well, so now you mentioned Smokey Johnson. Is that who introduced you to Alan Toussaint? Because I know you were, at, at one time, you were the, the house uh, percussionist, house conga player for C Saint Studios. No, I lived in the neighborhood, and Alan had a, a, record, had a, a recording label around the corner from me in Trimmy. Okay. And what he, he was doing, he got a grant to, uh, to, to get the, the talent in the neighborhood developed. Okay. And he realized that uh, I was a pretty good drummer, hand drummer, percussionist. Mm-hmm. And since I was around the corner... You know, he would call me and have me hanging out by the record label. And if he decided to use me on some of his music, like uh, the meters or somebody like that, I'd always be right there in the neighborhood. Right. So proximity is, people don't understand a lot of times in, in, in that aren't in the music business. A, a lot of it is, of course, you have to be good. And you have to yeah. be able to perform, but a lot of it is is being there. I mean, a lot of right. the key to success is being around, you know, <laughs> and having the capability. Yes, yeah, yeah. When the, when opportunity <laughs> presents itself, yeah, you have to be able to capitalize yeah. on it. But but it's very seldom are are people plucked off of their sofas to come be stars. You know, you have to kind of get uh-huh. yourself out there before somebody goes, "Hey, why don't you come over here and do something?" You know. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you another little thing that's part of history. A guy by the name of Quint Davis that started the Jazz and Harris Festival. Sure. He knew that uh, we used to have drum circles. And he said, um, you know, the way you all be playing those drum circles on the lakefront and stuff like that, and you in particular, Alfred, uh, there's a guy I play piano by the name of Professor Longhead. If I would hook you up with him, I think y'all sound pretty good playing together. So they had a house party. Devall Crawford, uh, I think his mother or grandmother, 
had a lot of musician friends that lived on Louisiana Avenue Parkway of abroad. Sure. And she had a house party one night. And uh, Quint brought me to meet Professor Long here. And that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Wow. And you played with Fest for like eight years, right? Yeah, we started around uh, maybe uh, the 70s. Mm-hmm. Up until the time he passed away, and and last the time it was just him and I playing congas and piano, and the people would prefer that because they could hear him making them little riffs right on the keyboard instead of the big band kind of sound. Right, if you have the whole band, it, it eats up a lot of the mid range and the lows that that where it it you can't hear all the all, all the detail in 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 Fess's yeah. piano playing. And he loved it too because he used to play the piano by himself at clubs like the Caledonian. Mm-hmm. And the Caledonian club would say, Man, you sound good playing the piano, but you wearing my piano out by kicking it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I came along, he no longer had to kick the piano. <laughs> oh, is that what he'd do? He'd kick it to, 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 to make a, a, the bottom or keep time and, yeah, and have like some percussion? Yeah, keep that syncopation going. Wow, wow. Man. And when him and I would play together, I'd sit right there by him and uh, with no need for him to syncopate. Right. Right, and 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 with 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 just the percussion, he could go into any tune. He could change keys or, or do anything, and you would. He didn't have to worry about a band following him because you could follow That's right. into anything. That's right. Yeah, we got along real good, man. And so Uganda, Uganda, you, you hook up with uh, Professor Longhair, and, and 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 you do a lot of touring. I'm sure, right? You go all over the world. Yeah, it was him and I going to Sweden, Norway, and uh, places Paris and places of that nature. Wow! And and who was the most responsive? They were all just the same, or was there one country that you felt, wow, these people get it? Uh, and first of all, the people would read about him before he get there. Uh huh. So wherever we would go, like Sweden and Norway. Everybody would be expecting to see him, and they knew a lot about his history. And uh, we did one album called Professor Longhair Live at the London Theater. Uh-huh. And man, they had about seven, eight microphones sucked out by the piano. But what happened after Fred died, one of the uh, producers uh, copied the CD and put it on the market. Uh, man, so that, that, and that became a classic uh, live recording. Uh, that's, that's, because uh, the, the other records were full band recordings, like you played on, on uh, uh, Rock and Roll Gumbo and, and also uh, Crawfish Fiesta. Yeah, that was some other recordings. Right. So in the Crawfish Fiesta band, you uh, had uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Watson, Dave Lee Watson was the bass player, and Johnny Vidocki right. was the drummer in that, in that band at that time. Right, right. So you've been knowing Johnny a long time, huh? You know, yeah, I've been knowing Johnny. Yeah. We get along real good together. Yeah, what a terrific yeah, Johnny, guy. Johnny, uh, uh, we don't really care for Johnny Oh, that he's much. joking. We love Johnny. He's, <laughs> he's been on the podcast. Johnny's been on the podcast a couple of times. No, no. no we, we, 
Johnny, we can't get rid of Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he's here to stay. He's here to stay. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes. Man, I, yeah, he got his own style also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He because was, New, Orleans, New Orleans is full of drummers, you know? Yep. Oh, yeah. Look, I know guys who are good drummers who moved here from other places, and that when they heard the New Orleans drummers, they said, well, I can't, I can't play drums anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got our own thing going on. But they do have people move here and try to change our culture, you know? Hey, man. Yeah. They're trying to... and, and they, they, they get upset with me because... I'm one of the original cats, you know? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. And man. I ain't changing. No, I'm no. I'm not going to change. No, you're the gold standard, Uganda. Why would you change? <laughs> What's... <laughs> No, man. That's, that's the thing. People, a lot of people, especially like after Katrina, a lot of new people came, and a lot of them had big ideas about how they were going to fix New Orleans, they were going to make it better. And I thought, well, number one, we don't need all that. And number two, good luck if you think you're going to change New Orleans. And, and I'll, 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 that's right, that's right, it's Jumbo. Yes, exactly. Why? Why would you? Why would you change it? How are you going to make it better? Well, so a lot of these people, uh, they tried and then they gave up and they left. And then the yeah. the ones that then the other people gave up and stayed. And they went, oh well, we were wrong. Never mind. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> we'll become like New Orleans. We're not going to make New Orleans like us. Yeah, and like they even go far as they say, I'm from New Orleans. Right, right. Yeah, well, of course, then we always go, well, where'd you go to high school? And then, uh, then, then like, <laughs> <laughs> and they, so, they, Uganda, Uganda, after uh, Professor, he dies, uh, what was that, around the early 80s or something? Or, yeah, I, I 19, 1980. All right, so what, where, where do you go from there? Uh, out in the sky, you know, playing with different people, Dr. John. And uh, Alan Toussaint and the oh, Beatles. Okay. Yeah, and, like, uh, everybody. Cat, go, so, go ahead. So another, cat, another cat played piano by the Jojo Harmon. He played with the widespread panic band. Mm -hmm. I went out to, to the Caribbean with him a couple of times. Nice. And, uh, you know, cat called me and wanted me to be on a record. I might not go on the road with him, but I go in the studio with him. Right. 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 Okay. And so you played on a couple of really classic uh, Dr. John records. You played on the Going Back to New Orleans record. Yeah. Uh, Dr. John was the, hey, you got it. Give me that swamp thing. Yeah. It was a certain kind of sound I put on his music. But I never went on the road with him. Uh -huh. Always in the studio. Okay. And y'all did those records at at, at Sea Saint in New Orleans? Or, or where... Is that where'd y'all make it? Those be, it would be about about these things. Okay. And I also did a lot of work with a, a guitarist by the name of John Mooney. John Mooney, yes, the great John Mooney. Yeah. He was actually a guest on the podcast. Uh, uh, oh yeah, a, a couple of months ago. Yes, and that's we I've, went out. We went look, We went all through Brazil together. Wow. Yeah, John's John's an amazing uh, talent. His his himself, you know, he's he's got that very unique way of playing, and that's how yeah. I first met you, and that's how I've uh, yeah. I had the the great privilege of playing a bunch of gigs with you over the years with with John Mooney. You know, we played Jazz Fest a number of times, French Quarter Fest, and then a lot uh -huh. of, a lot of club dates together. 
And, yeah. and I remember one of the first times I played with you, uh, something I, I, I learned, I picked up from you. Uh, John said, uh, you got to play a solo. And a lot of times drummers want everybody to stop and they play a drum solo. And I stopped playing. You turned to me and said, keep, keep playing. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing my bass line. It gives you something to play against and, yeah. and, and keeps the tune in everybody's head. Uh-huh. But uh, so, so on, on that Dr. John band, they had uh, Freddie Staley was playing drums at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, Staley, yeah. He, uh, he's a great drummer. He is, man. He is, and 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 I I I mentioned to him that because I've been trying to get him on the podcast, I will get him sooner or later because I'm very persistent, Uganda. <laughs> uh huh. But yes, indeed. But I, I I mentioned that I had you coming on, and he said, "Oh wow, Uganda! Yeah, we we played on those records. That's a that's a that's a Grammy winning record that that uh, that that we played on together." Uh huh. Well, Uganda, I was I was happy. Uh, when John Mooney was on the show that we uh, finally had a, a guest that was shorter than me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, John, and I, I, re- I realized after all these years that, uh, Dr. John, um, he wasn't really a doctor, was he? No, he was a medicine man kind of doctor. <laughs> right. you know, one of the voodoo, voodoo kind of doctors. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, give you a little Greek bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he was a medicine man. Oh, fabulous! So, so somebody was telling me that that back in the early days, um, uh, when when uh, Quint was a young man, he'd have you and Quint and Fess in the car, just driving across the country. Playing gigs together, going to 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 do dates with the meters or, or and 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 stuff like that. So that that must have been a pretty wild time, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, Quint called himself Cosmic Q. Okay. And he told his daddy he always wanted to be in the band, but not one of the band players. Uh huh. So his daddy said, "Okay, what I do." I'll hook you up with a festival in New Orleans uh, with a friend of mine, my name is George Ween. And um, Quint said, well, you know, this is during uh, segregation time, and uh, I don't know, George Ween's wife is more of the dark-skinned race of people, you know? Okay. And uh, Quint told him, he said, well, don't worry about that. Everything will be all right. And that's out of New Orleans. They had had a stressful. Got started down here in New Orleans. Everything turned to be a successful thing. Absolutely. Holy cow. I'm sure he had no idea when he was starting back there. Well, Quint was very enterprising guy, man. You got to give him a lot of, a lot of credit, man. Yeah. You know, the, the, he was mad. He was managing stress at one time. Him and Adam and Minor. Right. And we would travel all over together. Nashville and places like that doing gigs. Right. Well, and a lot of people don't don't realize like those Wild Magnolia recordings. That was in a, in a way that was prompted by by Quint's uh, suggestion that that they should the Mardi Gras Indians should make recordings with kind of a like a you know funk band or R and B band with them, right? Yeah, and they, they hired a cat by the name of Willie Turbenton. 
Willie T, yes. The great Willie the, T. Uh, band, to be the band leader. Mm-hmm. And we see that we go down and sing. We can find a key that would be uh, compatible with the music mm-hmm. because of the way Bo Dallas' tone was. And uh, we turned it into a kind of rock and roll kind of sound, you know? Man. And that was the beginning of a new style of music coming out of New Orleans once again. Absolutely, man. Holy cow. And people. And I, I did a lot of the percussion stuff on there, you know, like New Suit, Smokey Peace Pipe. And uh, it wasn't Hawanda, on the water. It was after that. Okay, and, but, uh, like the original uh, Ico Ico, or at least the, the their yeah, their version yeah. of Ico Ico. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, yeah, so, so many amazing uh, new suit. Uh, yeah, yeah, Firewater. New suit stuff like that. Yeah, engines. Here we come. So many classic recordings that I mean, as young people in New Orleans, I'm I mean I'm not so young anymore, but but you know that stuff. Even seemed, Monk, even Monk, Monk Boudreau had a star in some of them songs. Yeah. And Monk's still around, man. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. Yeah, man. Sounds great, too. Sure does, sure does. Well, and I was, you know, looking up your discography, uh, talking about people that, that still sound fantastic. Irma Thomas, you played on 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 uh, a couple of her records. and uh, Yeah, we did a thing on her. It was a uh, documentary, uh, not a CD, but it's been put on vinyl. Okay. And it'll be coming out pretty soon. Oh, you played on that that most recent record where Johnny Vodakovich played on? At, y'all did that yeah, at Esplanade Studios? That's the one I'm talking about. Nice, Yeah, man. Johnny told us about that. Johnny told us about that. Yeah, everybody he, waiting for it to hit the road, you know? But it's going to be on vinyl, and it's not going to be a CD. Plus, it's going to be a documentary. Oh, and man. Johnny had said that the cameras followed you guys everywhere. While you were everywhere. In- yeah. Why are you we eating? went to the restaurant. We went to the restaurant together. We was eating. And man, the cameras guys was sitting on the floor. Looked like they had had AK-47 pointed at us <laughs> while we was eating, man. <laughs> and people were coming in and looking at them and almost scared to come in the restaurant. Right. Practically, you know? Oh, man. But uh, it was, it was going to be quite a documentary, man. That's what and Johnny I'm, said. Johnny said it's going to be really good. That we should, we should, you know, all be going to see it. Whenever you're going to hear new, you're going to hear new armor too. Oh, good. I ain't going to see it no more. Well, man, okay. she's, she's, she's singing as good as ever or better than ever, man. I've, I've heard her a couple of times yeah. in the last couple of years. I actually got the privilege of backing her up at, at Family Gras this past Mardi Gras. Um, yeah, a new, a new level for her, man. Holy cow, it's gonna, man. It's going to be great. It's gonna be great. Oh man, I can't wait. And she's she's funny, right? I mean, she's she's yeah. she's got a good sense of humor too. I bet she's she's hilarious in the, in these because uh, she's she doesn't. I mean, she's serious about the music, but she's got uh, she's lighthearted. You know, she's she likes uh-huh. to cut up. I I would imagine. Yeah, she good. She good to work with. You know. Yeah. Especially when things go our way. Right. That's the key. Yep. Yeah. Well, when you have professionals like you had on that record. You know, there's you you don't have to fuss with anybody. You know, it's 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 the music is going to play itself. That's right. We we had three days in there with one day of rehearsal. Wow. Big band. Wow, man, that's really exciting. 
Well, so so um, let's see what what haven't we covered? Uh, so what what school did you go to in in New Orleans? Uh, you were talking about uh, being in, in the band. I'm, I always like to see like exactly what you know what neighborhood and sometimes i mean i'm not going to know anybody that that you graduated with or that you went to school with but what school i went to yes sir oh uh, yeah mcdonald's started at Dillsbury creek i went to mcdonald's 41 okay and after i left 41 see my my parents didn't raise me i was raised, I was raised by an indian in a power ramp. okay so uh, I had to get out there and uh, get a job and help support the family and things of that nature. Right. So and music, music was always a, a hobby for me. But uh, back in the days, I came with the first a group of the first black bus drivers driving in the city. Oh, okay. And I always had a job driving something. Uh, I got robbed on the buses a couple of times, so I changed up. And start driving uh, heavy heavy equipment for the city of New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you did that the whole time. You were making all these classic recordings with Professor Longhair and and uh, and Alan Toussaint and the Meters. Uh, well, sometimes because I was also playing music with Cat by the Pokey Jones. Sure. And uh, cats like that. You know, I get off the bus with my classic uniform, white shirt, black pants. And they have my congas in the trunk of my car. And uh, we go to, again, like at uh, Sylvia's Uptown, uh, something like that. And I do a gig with Porky Jones. Right. You know, I, I, I used to play with Porky Jones myself, man. Um, uh-huh. And and we had uh, Eugene Ross playing guitar with him at that time. Yeah. And and Porky would, would find these gigs that, that uh, he would tell me where the club is. And I would think, God, I've never heard of that club. And you go, <laughs> you go into the neighborhood somewhere, and sure enough, there's the club. And like this one place we'd play kind of in Central City, it was like called Two Jacks. Yeah. And you go in, and it's a nice place, It's but it's a very neighborhood place, and we'd play like these kind of soul jazz gigs. And uh-huh. people from the neighborhood would come in at, you know, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and they would be dressed nice. And they That's would... right. They'd be shouting. That's what I get ready to say. You know, all of us known to have your monogram buckle and your wingtip shoes on and your, your brim, you understand? Uh-huh. You know, people be clinging at the boat of hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take your lady out with you. Right. <laughs> yeah, they... I know, I know, I, I know I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they'd have a little so highball. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Uganda. Uh, what do you think of what? Where? Where's the music today? I mean, I you know, I don't you know. I, it it seems to be gone, brass band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it so. It seems to be gone, brass band. You know, and uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad. Or I just say my what do you call it evolution or whatever, something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because it, w- w- when I was a kid, the brass bands were almost dying out. You know, you had like like the uh, Olympia Brass Band, and, uh-huh. and very, I mean, at least from what the, what the general public would see. You know, maybe they had some neighborhood groups, but 
but then then you had bands like uh, the Dirty Dozen came yeah. out, and it, it and then you know uh, not too long after that, like Rebirth. But it started this whole uh, resurgence of of brass band music that that I know like um, uh, that 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 there was certain people that that really worked to keep that that tradition alive. But it was some slim years there. Do you play with any any brass bands? Have you played on any of those brass band recordings? No, I have not. Oh, okay, well, because I thought you played like with the the Hot Eight brass band on one of their records. Oh yeah, yeah, I did the Hot Eight thing. Uh, they sent me to London, and uh, we we tried to do some stuff with the uh, Hot Eight. Oh, okay. And I think it came out. I haven't heard the reproduction of it right. as of now. You know, right. I think it's more on an experimental level. Oh, okay. All uh, right. Okay. Have you like toured in in Japan and places like that as well? Yeah, I went to uh, Japan and recorded with a group over there by the name of Bogambas. Oh, okay. Because they came and knew all. They was crazy about a cat by the name of uh, uh what this drummer name. In other words, they were crazy about different style of New Orleans music. They were crazy about the uh, Elvis Presley sound. They was crazy about the Presley Longhead sound. And they was crazy about uh, this drummer. He, uh, he, he's a, a New Orleans... I mean, he's, a, he's from America. Right, right, right. But I, I, I could and he did it in a three-parts... Uh, filming. Okay. And it was at a club called a Pit. It was under the ground. Oh, okay. And I recorded. It was kicked the film trying to pronounce the English, but they had the rhythm of the song. Uh huh. And we would come out. We do the Elvis Presley sound. We do the rock and roll sound, and uh, you know different things they would, you know, what uh, America sound like. Right. Now, I can't... It was released, it was released in uh, Japan. Oh, okay. Now, I can't imagine, like, you know, uh, to, to have the Japanese people seeing, like, such a, a, a hardcore example of New Orleans as, as Alfred Uganda Roberts. That it must be like like blowing their mind, you know. Like uh, uh, how can... they, they made it? They made it sound like it was English. Yeah, but they had the rhythm. They had the rhythm, you know. Right, right. So now, uh, a while back, at the they even had the Bo Diddley sound. That's his name, Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley, sure. They yeah, was, yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy about Bo Diddley. Hey, everybody's crazy about Bo Diddley, man. Yeah. When you have a beat named after you, you know you've done something. You know you got that. And we also did a did a show at at Irma Thomas Club called the Lions Den. That's where it all got kicked off at. Right, right. The I Lions. played with them over there, and, and they asked me when I when I come back me when I come to Japan and record with them. I said, "Man, Japan, you know we ever get to do Japan, man." They said, "We pay your way." So I left from the lines then and went straight over to Tokyo and brought my wife with me. Really? Did you like the did you like the food in Japan? Well, we stuck with uh 
stew turkey over noodles. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, we would eat that all day, you know, every day. But, man, the place was a $100 a plate, man. Yeah, it's expensive there, huh? <laughs> well, stewed turkey over noodles sounds kind of, I don't know, it sounds a little bit more American, you know, Southern than Japanese, but... Yeah, that's why we stuck with it. Right, yeah. <laughs> something safe. <laughs> we could handle that other stuff. Yeah, no, 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 I understand totally. Some of the other but stuff... But they do a lot of gambling over there, a lot of games. Really? You know, video games and hmm. stuff like that be going on all night long. Did you like oh, that? Oh, yeah. And they also had these clubs that were designed for husband and wives. Hmm. And uh, they, they they would want you to bring your wife rather than come as a single gentleman. Huh. Really? I think it had something to do with the respect of you know, the club or something like that, but Huh. They insist that I bring my wife with me. Huh. Now, how'd your wife like that? She, it was quite an experience for her. Yeah. Yeah, I've spoken to when she would wish you to walk through the hotel and the little Japanese people would always be bowing their heads, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very friendly people. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, they okay. are very respectful. Very respectful. It's, uh, yeah. You know, I've spoken to well, your they wife. better be. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, I've spoken to your wife a couple of times, Uganda. I got to say, she's doing a great job of taking care of you. I know that. she's. Uh, yeah, man, she's doing a wonderful job. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to speak with you right now. I hear you, man. I hear you. No, that's, that's uh, look, uh, we're all like that. Me, you, and Manny are all uh, all here by the grace of our wives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I also have my health issues also, you know. Right. But you seem to be doing, you're hanging in there. You sound strong. Yeah, I'm hanging in there, man. Made that 077, and, you know, I had over 64 people that wish we had it with you. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. And I was going, I usually be celebrating the here time in the past, but this time I said, I'm going to sneak on by, you know, I ain't going to say nothing. Uh-huh. But uh, everything turned out to be so different, man. Look like the more of them knew about it than I had uh, thought would would happen, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I got a nice, I got a nice big bottle of sangria. I haven't opened yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be right over. Yeah, come on. Bring your, bring your sombrero with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he is Mexican, so. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'll be there. Just uh, when we close out, just give me your address, and uh, I'll open the bottle for you. Uh, we'll be chilling in Gentilly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, well, so just a short ride I'm down. I'm over here. Go ahead. I'm over here by the fairgrounds. Oh, that's uh, close. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty close. Right. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, I'm just sitting here in my uh, my master bedroom and. My wife's on her own little uh, uh, group call right now, and my daughter's a 15-year-old stuck in her room ignoring us, so I'm happy uh -huh. as can be. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, I'm sitting in my kitchen and uh, enjoying speaking with you guys. Oh, man, we're so... Are you uh having stewed turkey and noodles right now? No, not today. 
We're so uh, of Japan. right on, right on. Uh, We're so honored to have you, Uganda. You know, a, a, yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Man, well, you know, it's th- th- this is uh, usually when we kind of start to wrap the show up, uh, Uganda, because um, we we go about an hour or so, you know, and uh huh. Um, but it turned out to be better than what I thought, man. It's, it's a wonderful time being with y'all. Oh man, it was so great to to hear your voice, hear you you know talk about this this these landmark recordings that you that you played on it's a real treat for the troubled nation that we that you know our, our listeners to uh to to have someone of your stature man it's, it's uh thank you appreciate the compliment uganda before we let you go um let me just ask you because you know you've been around you've been everywhere you've seen it you've gone through it uh is there any advice you could give a, a musician or an artist or an actor, anything with your wisdom? Well, uh, try to be original and uh, don't, be, uh, don't be like the other guy because you're never going to make it being number two. There you go. Always try and have originality about yourself because you got a reputation you got to carry and you, you want to be known by being yourself. Man. That's excellent. That's, yeah, so, that's, go ahead, Manny. That's no, what no. I live by. You know, I live by being original. Well, you I, know, I, always, I, don't, I don't try to be like, yeah, because there's always somebody else that's original. Yeah, well, I've always gone through life wanting to be number one and not the number two. <laughs> yeah, you don't want, never want to be number two. Yeah. Because uh, you're not going to make it. No, no, that's 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 great advice for any artist, man. You know, be the best you that you can be. You know, be 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 yourself, and f- find out that's the right. way that that fits in. And you know, m- most won't, but some might become a a, a Uganda Roberts. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, God smi- shines his, his face on you. You know, you you, you might you might become a a, a legend. Yeah, you always go sticking to my memory bank when you're original. Yes. yes. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Uganda. Thank you so okay, much. Well, it was a pleasure. It was such a pleasure. You know, Uganda, on the Troubled Men podcast and the Troubled Nation, we always like to say that trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. It does. It does. Thank That's you. You take care now. You take okay, care. Okay, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, and I, I had been looking forward to it, really. Oh, man. The pleasure is all ours, Uganda. Thank you so much. I call it anticipation. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Love you, man. <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a nice evening. You too. Take you care. Too. Good night. Good night. Tomo, alola. Tomo, alola. Yeah,
Okay, and I name. 